was there was there one thing that you had, one prized possession that you had that you don't have anymore? I guess just a relationship with my dad. No, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, wait, you had one at one point? Oh, <laughs> that's part of a healthy, mature relationship. It is. Exactly. Is finding exactly. other people to have sex with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find a silver lining. It's sometimes that silver lining is, is a silver necklace. <laughs> it's a silver necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, and I don't can't explain it, but you have RA energy. You just... <laughs> really? Because I like because I seduce younger kids. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is my is my husband putting all my toys in a bag? No. no. <laughs> your dad is. This is the distraction. We called your dad. Anyway, th- thanks for coming on, Ted. That's all we need you for. That's about oh, it. Oh, I love we it when really people come on, Ted. It. I love it when people come on Ted. That's the way that's the way the game played, right? Uh, should we start the show? Mm-hmm. Howdy y'all. Hi everybody. <laughs> I'm Haley. And I'm Zach. And, and- We're We're not not together. together. How are you doing today? To be perfectly honest, I ate too much chili. So great. That is the prevailing thought, is that I ate too much chili. Welcome to an extra (laughs) farty episode of We're Not Together. Look, if we really want to talk about it, I ate too much chili, okay? You know what it is, is that I had one of those Amy's cans of chili. Okay. They, the problem with cans of chili... Oh, God, don't even get me started. (laughs) One can is too much chili. But the amount of chili you want, it's like there there would only be a little bit amount to save. So you're like, I might as well eat it all, but that's too much. Haley, I got to say, your tight five is really coming together. (laughs) Here's the thing. I have to think about chili and how upset I am because there's just too much upsetting stuff. There's so going much going on. on. We're going to focus on chili. I totally get it. We're in hell. I'm focusing on the chili right We're now. We're in hell. Everything else is hell. Totally. Chili, chili feels safe. Yeah. It's um it's crazy that's the thing you want to talk about because apparently there was a fire on your street like moments before we started recording. That's true, but see that's part of the hell. So Right. But yes, Old that's hat. true. It was about two minutes before we were scheduled to record, and I heard yeah. this helicopter overhead, which is not too uncharacteristic of Van Nuys. You live next to an airport, yeah. And I live next to an airport. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, shit, this is going to really ruin sound. And it mm. sounded like it was right above us. And I looked at my Citizen app, and it said, there's a tree on fire 300 <laughs> feet from you. <laughs> tree just had had it, spontaneously combusted. That was it. Psh, girl, same. I wish. Oh my god, I wish I I wish that were me. I, will. I wish that were me. I'm so jealous. So I'm jealous. So jealous. Well, that's that sounds like a pretty eventful week. You got the chili thing. You've got the tree on fire. Oh, what a week! You're so busy. Yep, and nothing else happened. La 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 la. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> How are oh, you doing, gosh. Zach? Uh, pretty okay. Uh, Michael Verratti, who you know has been on the show uh, uh, once, I guess. Yeah, once. Twice. Uh, but we had been twice. Uh, Three times, lady. Three times a lady. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be on a, a web series that's shot remotely. So we did that. Um, 
and it's very emotional. It, it's fun, but I, I have to make myself like cry, which I like. I can do, by the way. I'm very talented, but yeah. it's it's just like it's hard to keep doing. I don't know if I have all the moisture, and I you know, uh, but it's also just like. It's a weird thing to do because, like, afterwards I felt really bummed out. And I was like, what's going on? Oh, right. I was pretending to cry over my dead boyfriend for two hours straight. So you went there. You know? I, so I went there. But it's, it's, it's a weird thing because, like, I will, like, practice in my car sometimes when I'm stuck on, like, the 405. Like, <laughs> oh, just, no. just to practice, feel what um, having emotions are like. It's weird because <laughs> you're like, yeah, and then you have to pause and be like, wait, Zach, this is sociopathic behavior. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like having this power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like Ted Bundy used to do that when he was stuck in traffic too. Yeah. Speaking of Ted's, <laughs> <laughs> that is the most artful segue in the world. <laughs> <laughs> All planned. Uh, we have a good friend. Uh, Ted Biazelli, he is an exec at Netflix. Uh, he is an actor and a writer uh, and just an all-around nerd. Uh, Ted, how are you doing? I'm nerding all around. Thank nerding you. All over the place. All over the place. It, in fact, I just stepped in it a little bit. No offense, <laughs> but you kind of noticed. Gross. Kind of noticed. It was either that or the chili. <laughs> oh, you've got chili too. I'm the only one who didn't get chili this week. <laughs> Come on, Zach, get on your chili game. You need. You how said you, you needed moisture. I do need moisture. Get that. <laughs> oh God! That's how you get those chunky tears. Oh dear God! Please tell me you've seen that app, the sleep talking app that records people while they're sleeping and there's like this there's this litany of people who fart in their sleep oh my god if you want to just spend hours dying (laughs) dying (laughs) listening to people fart and then and then listening to people going oh honey (laughs) so it's like so i'm assuming they like people recording this because they want Tend them to have some it? sort of weird revelation yes. while they're sleeping, but it's all just farts. Yes. There was one of them, there was one of them, this guy, this guy goes, oh dear God, pull back the covers to see if you're splattered. He's <laughs> 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 like, what? oh God, that's gonna, oh that's gonna God. stink. That's gonna stink. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll so find wait. the link and send it to you. Please. You're gonna die. That's yeah, fantastic. are these all public, or do people just mm-hmm. post them on their own? They're all public? I think they're public. I'm, I'm almost positive. That's or people so post them. wild. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, good to have a, it's good to have a hobby. Uh, speaking of which... <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Another artful segue. Segway champion. Um, 2020, Zach Ogle. <laughs> I don't know uh, if y'all have seen this going around, but there's a lot of people talking about plant gays re- recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the type of gays that turned their apartment into essentially a rainforest cafe. The first <laughs> time I heard that phrase was today. Really? Uh, on, on some internet group that I'm on, somebody said, where are my plant gays? And I'm like, is that, that's a thing? That's a, a plant gay is a thing? <laughs> we, we, uh, we love, I don't, for whatever reason... A lot of gays turn to hobbies, whether it's it's raising plants or like I love to bake. But there's also I found as I've gone out here a ton of board game gays. I didn't realize that like that was a gay trait. And then you <laughs> yourself uh, collect action figures. I, I do. I do. And that is there is a subset of a subset of a subset of gays that collect action figures. <laughs> it is it, it is literally like you can't get any further inside the Russian doll. It is the, small, <laughs> it is the smallest of little things. 
Um, but you'd oh, be surprised. Oh, it's the little, it's I, the little I, tiny Russian grandma at the bottom. It is. Oh. Uh, but I have found. She niche. I have found them all. I, I have like, <laughs> you know, action figure gays are like Pokemon, and I have collected them all. Um, <laughs> you collect so, action figures, but you also collect the gays who collect them. Who collect action figures? It's that's true. the My, tiniest Russian grandma. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Christy used to say that. She says you collect friends the way you know most the way you collect your action figures. Yeah. And I said, well, you got you got to have them all. You know. You gotta. Um, so before we get into like the why of this, um, how many action figures do you have, and when did you? Oh start? God, um, I, thousands, I, thousands. So you know what 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 your listeners cannot see is that I'm sitting in my my action figure display room, and yeah. I have shelves that go around the room with action figures all over them. But that's not my collection. I have a garage, a two-car garage that wow. has no cars in it God. because there are shelves that look like, you know, the back room, the stock room of a Toys R Us. Um, oh rest in wow. peace. So, I, I mean, look, I, and, and there are some there that I've had since I was a kid. Like, I have all my vintage Masters of the Universe figures. Um, no way. I have my, my vintage Ghostbusters figures. Um, I have uh, Star Wars figures, like all, all my original Kenner Star Wars figures. So, oh, like, wow. I, I have all that stuff from when I was a kid. And there, and I was a fastidious little queer kid. Uh, so, <laughs> all my so many of us are right. Yes. I mean, so all my He-Man figures, each one of them was put into a Ziploc bag with yeah. their comic book and their weapon when we were done playing. And yes. all my figures are in amazing shape because I was that that little kid. You didn't play with them. No, I, I absolutely played with them, but but just in play, bags. When playtime was over, <laughs> when playtime was over, I put them back where they were wow. supposed to. Wow! Wow! I was also oh like, gosh. I used, I was telling my girlfriend the other day, like when I was younger, I used to go over to my friends' houses and like for whatever reason, I was always friends with kids who had all their N sixty four controller cables just in a rat's tail, <gasps> and like yeah. I would go over and I'd be like, "Can I please untangle these?" And like I would untangle and wrap them all nicely for them, and I'd be like. And then my I'd feel settled, and my shoulders would go from here to here. <laughs> I used to catalog my Halloween candy. Oh, look at us organized queers. Maybe that's a What's sign. What's going on? Is that a trait? Is that a queer trait? I think so. When were you okay. born? You're a summer boy, right? 1991, November. No, no, November. Oh, so you're not. Oh. Scorpio. Oh, is it, are you? Is it a I'm, sign thing? Yeah, I was because I'm a Gemini Cancer cusp, and Cancerians are very much like everything goes in its place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius, and I think Aquarius are also kind of like that, like just very heady, like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So when do you think it turned from just having a lot of action figures to like actively collecting? When I started making money, I mean, honestly, that, I, I can't. I, that that's that's literally it. Because I remember in college, you know, I had um, in college Kenner re, they started doing new Star Wars toys again, um, and they that was when the Luke Skywalker figure was like all buff. Um, mm-hmm. That was like the trend in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So you know, Luke was going to be all ripped, um, and so was Princess Leia. She was like had a face like a beast. Um, but like that was <laughs> that was when it was like, oh my god. These these new Star Wars figures are coming out, and I have to get these. And I was so broke in college, and it was like, oh man, I think I I think I went without food for a couple of nights just because I needed to get those Star Wars toys. No, um, yeah, wow. and I and I remember that around that time too because I'm old. Batman the animated series was was big, and sure, those yeah. toys were coming out, and I was very much into making sure I had all the Batman the animated series figures. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I had them in my dorm. So I had them all like up in my dorm and everybody would just like love to come in because I was an RA. So people would, you know, come over and, and they would just like look at all the toys. It was like such a, a kick, right? That makes so much. I don't know why and I don't can't explain it, but you have RA energy. You just <laughs> <laughs> Really? Because I like because I seduce younger kids. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> come in little with my toy. I have toys. Uh, <laughs> you know that thing RAs aren't supposed to do with their students, right? <laughs> he did it. <laughs> no, I just mean like you're you're very you are a, like a, a host, and you like to make sure people have it's it's kind of momish energy. Yeah, you know, it's to- totally momish energy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and and you know when I moved out to LA, um, I only had a like I had a handful of toys. I had all my Batman animated series figures, and I had um. God, maybe my Ninja Turtles figures with me. Mm-hmm. Like that that's what I brought with me to LA. I didn't bring my He-Man figures with me. And He-Man's like my number one. Like it's my favorite thing in the world. I didn't yeah. bring them with me because I have the entire He-Man collection, like the entire collection. And I kept it back in Philly because I'm like, I I don't I can't bring that to LA with me. At some point my parents were like, fuck it. We're we're sending this out to LA. Like yeah. and they they shipped it all out to LA wow. for me. Wow. Um and but then, you know, I was an assistant at Disney making like no money. My my boyfriend who was living with me at the time was in law school. He won't make any money. Um, <laughs> so it was like we were just – we were so broke. And then at some point uh, – oh, I know when it was. Around 2001, Mattel started to release new Masters of the Universe figures, right? Mm. And, and I was like, oh, man, um, I'm going to start collecting these. Mm-hmm. Of course I'm going to start collecting these. And I'm going to start collecting two. One to open and one to keep sealed. Keep a new box. Smart. Exactly. One, one to rock and one to stock. Um, <laughs> and then, and then um, I would go to like – I would go to like, you know, toy shows and flea markets and I would find like other vintage toys. I'm like, oh man, oh, I got rid of all my Thundercats when I was a kid. I'm going to start recollecting my Thundercats. And then, and then you get another job or you get promoted and then it's like, oh shit, I'm going to buy all the Silverhawks. Oh shit. Now I'm going to buy all these Scooby-Doopers. Now I'm buying And it's like, I don't do drugs. I don't, you know, I I don't have like any kind of really expensive hobbies. So I'm going to spend all my money on plastic and, and. And it was like, and then it became like, I would dedicate some time to filling a line. Like, okay, um, mm. I'm going to collect right. Mezco's You're a bit of a completionist, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get Mezco's Popeye line. There's a couple of really hard ones to find, but I'm going to do it. And that's going to, I'm going to dedicate this amount of money and I'm going to do it mm. over this amount of time. And then it was like, okay, well, stop. Now I'm going to go back and look at all my collections and where are all the holes that I'm going to mm. fill. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pause for effect. <laughs> um, and then, and then, like, you know, then it got to the point where it's like, okay, now there's some really rare action figures from lines that I love. Like, I have all the vintage Dick Tracy figures from when the movie came out. Amazing. Well, there's there's the figure of the blank, which is, like, super, super rare. Like, incredible. You take the mask off and it's Madonna. Um, mm. And it's it was, like, crazy hard to find. And I found one on card. Um, and I got it really cheap. Like I, I say cheap, like $250 and mm. that sucker's worth like $1,700 right Oh, now. because they like, had no idea what they had. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, so, and then, and then now you got, now I'm like, now I'm like crack addict. Now it's like, okay, now I got to find these rare Ninja Turtles. Now I got to find these rare He-Man figures. Now I got to find these rare Star Wars figures. <laughs> and it's like, Argh! and it just became, you know, like eBay's my, my best friend and worst enemy. Is, is wow. there a bit of detective work? 
You know? Oh, absolutely. And, and networking. So it's, it's detective oh. and networking. It's did de- de- networking. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's really, it's a, first of all, it's about, um, understanding what it is you're looking for. And if it's, for example, a Ninja Turtle figure, there's one Ninja Turtle figure named Scratch the Cat, right? He's, he's really, he's hard to find. And it's like, okay, he came with four accessories or, or five accessories. And, um, and if I can find him with at least three of those accessories, that's great. Or if I find him with all four, like, and so then you have to know what they all look like. Oh so, God. and then the condition, all that stuff. So you have to really like, it's a study almost before you buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wound up buying something early on when I started recollecting and it was, you know, it was a fake. Somebody like made a made a copy oh. up of a, of a rare figure, Damn. and I spent like two hundred bucks on it, and I found out oh shit it was a fake, shit. Damn, you know, Jesus. and I still never gotten the real the original one because by now that figure is like shot the hell up. It's, it's like super done. expensive. That's your wow. white whale. That's our yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't really have I don't really have a white whale anymore because I I think I found most of my my like real hard to find figures. I got the blank, which was like one of my number ones mm-hmm. at the very end of the He-Man line. There were two giants that were only available in Italy. Um, mm-hmm. I got both of those. Um, wow. and then the Dungeons and Dragons line Tiamat, which is the, the five headed dragon. Yeah. Like, that would, there were six headed dragon. That like, that was a big one for me. Like when I got that one, that was exciting. Um, so like, I have all the the rare Ninja Turtles figures now. I got Yak Face and Amanaman from the Star Wars figures. So I'm like, most of my most of like my white whales are already you know now I'm jaded. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, you touched on something. Is there a racket for like counterfeit toys? Like there are purses and shoes and stuff like that, or was it just this one off thing? It was just this one. Like it's it's not a racket because. You know the mark. The market's matured, and I think people are much more um, sophisticated now, and they they know how to spot fakes a lot easier. It's also it's also not easy to yeah. to make a counterfeit action figure, especially if there's like a um, like an action feature that comes Wait with a it. Second, this Leonardo is a Raphael. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Okay, but there is okay. There, here's a funny story. So there actually is a white whale. There's there's okay. a mysterious He Man variant that. We've in the we in the community call it <laughs> Wonder Bread He Man. Now there's a there's a reason why we call it Wonder Bread He Man. The 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 mystery around this figure it's a very Mandela effect thing. The mystery <laughs> around this figure is that it was released as part of a Wonder Bread promotion. Like if you would send in a number of Wonder Bread oh. for purchases, you get this figure, and it's a brown haired He Man with black boots and a bunch of weapons in like red color. Right. So <laughs> this figure. It showed up. People, it's very rare to find. Nobody, not even in in Mattel's vaults, do they actually have any record of it being a promotion, a mail-away promotion with Wonder Bread. Um, There's there's examples of it that come in the poly bag sealed. So it did exist. It was part of a promotion, but nobody really remembers how you got it. So that, I don't have that figure. But that figure, people, obviously, all you have to do is paint he-man's hair it's <laughs> you just have to paint his fucking hair right. and 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 people are like you know uh they can they can usually scam that one and that's your white bread whale that's my white bread whale <laughs> that's your white bread whale yeah uh so why why do we think this is i mean obviously other people collect things but what like i do know a lot of 
I just know a lot of board game gays. I know a lot of gays who are like really intense about their hobbies. Um, why do we think that is? I think a lot of, you know, like you mentioned, right? You, you didn't really start collecting until you got money. And most of us don't get money until we're probably later 20s or 30s or something. And I think a lot of straight people at that point are like popping out babies and stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe I mean, a lot of gay people don't yeah. do not do that. That's part I don't of know. It. Hmm. My husband's a big board game fanatic, so he's he's like he the, board, the board game like maestro. And for him, you know, he loves the mechanics of a board game. He loves the strategy. He loves thinking about how they how they function, and and he loves testing them and playing them over and over and over again until he figures out how how to you know how to get the best from it. And then he likes the artwork, and he he, he it's for him it's it's a it's almost a. a, a critique on on an art form like that for him Mm. that's what he really really invests in it in that level for me like everything that i'm looking at in this room is because i love it in in a in certain form of medium rarely anything here is is an action figure for its own sake it's Mm -hmm. all it's all a representation of something that triggers an emotional response for me like Mm -hmm. i i love jurassic park i love it and i have like i'm looking up at all these dinosaurs up here and all the the jurassic park figures i love harry potter there's all the harry potter figures batman the animated series gem and the hologram Mm -hmm. scooby-doo star wars popeye smurfs you know power rangers uh peanuts like it's all things that that i love that trigger some sort of beautiful emotional response because i love the characters or the story or something about that very rarely is it just because it's a really cool toy like i right. mean sometimes that that that's true sometimes mm-hmm. but for me it's about it's like the scooby figures it's like i love scooby-doo i mm-hmm. love scooby-doo me too. um and i want i want every villain that they've ever unmasked like that to yeah. me is like yes give me all of them like that's what I, I i long for and it's like you know there's never been a really good harry potter action figure line um there have been multiple attempts they never get very deep like mattel did them when the first two movies came out and they were okay some of the sculpts sure. were good they were they were decent toys but th- they never went past that you know mm-hmm. prisoner of azkaban they changed the scale and they didn't fit like you know lupin was like this big versus the harry from the wave 1 and 2 that was that big and mm. then then neca released you know lines for movies 4 5 and 4 5 6 7 and 8 um and they were all like they were they weren't very articulated they were more like just frozen in in a pose beautifully sculpted mm. but not terribly fun and then mm. you know just recently McFarlane released you know Harry Ron Hermione and Voldemort and they're beautiful figures they're great but it doesn't look like we're getting another wave and then a Japanese company released Harry Ron Hermione and Snape and they're they're amazing they're super articulated they're beautifully sculpted they're all this and i don't think we're getting any more and they were like 60 yeah. bucks each because they're imports Wow, mm-hmm. oh, gotcha, yeah. You mentioned He-Man was like a big like gateway drug for you. Uh, for little queer <laughs> Teddy. Um, I think a lot of little queer boys love He-Man or love watching wrestling for that reason or X-Men. They love like watching, you know, those buff guys in flamboyant costumes. Uh, and I think that speaks to them. It's definitely on the surface, for sure. I, I joke that, you know, that's my root, is that I slept on He-Man sheets. So during my formative <laughs> years, I, I literally slept on a half-naked man every night. Um, something was going to stick. I think that that's, that's, all, that's all 
you know, that's funny. Yeah. But I think the real the real thing, if you if you really look at what He-Man is and, and even X-Men, uh, you know, He-Man, Prince Adam was a disappointment in his father's eyes. He was kind of, you know, the gad about he didn't really take anything seriously. But deep down inside, secretly, he was the most powerful man in the universe. And and he knew that, and he couldn't really tell anybody. Right. And I think that there's a subconscious sort of, you know, symbiosis of, of somebody who's who understands what that's like. Yeah. yeah for right. Sure. When I said that, I didn't just mean literally the costume, but also that it like secret identities is something that we, we absolutely, or, or hiding something or feeling like something is wrong with you. And then finding yeah. out that that is actually a strength is, is something that is, that's the X-Men man. That's yeah. it right there. Absolutely. And then, and, and then to the, to the wrestling thing, you know, look, wrestling is theatrics there. Yes. Theater. There's it, it's yes. the, you're dialing up the sort of, what a what a man should look like and then you're putting on a show so you're getting these you're getting these two sides of what theatrical masculinity is like mm-hmm. and and uh, when I was a kid, it was very you know there's there's faces and heels, there's good guys and bad guys, and it's it's yeah. very very clear. And I I loved wrestling as a kid. I was just hypnotized by it, but I really loved women's wrestling. Because they were mm. all superheroes, they were fabulous, strong women. They were they were divas, and I was obsessed with them. Um, that's why when you know when the opportunity to work on Glow came up, I was like, oh my god, this is a dream come true. I what watched the original Glow when I was a kid. Like it was, I was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just that you you see you see what the what the paragon of what you want to be is in that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I've as I like the more we've done the show, the more I've dissected the reasons I've fallen in love with like I fell in love with Buffy the Vampire Slayer growing up and it's kind of the same thing. It's like having to hide externally being this like normal high school girl, but on the inside you know you're something completely different that you can't tell anyone about. You can't tell your mom about, especially, you know, you can't have anyone find out about because it'll put you in danger, it'll put them in danger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked what you, it was cool how you said it got me thinking when you said you you know all of your action figures are tied to something that you love like a TV show or a movie or an animated show or something like that and I think that's really cool because like it's like in a way to externally sh- like tangibly have like some like a piece of media that you love you know because it's like holding a DVD box set doesn't really feel like anything you know Mm -hmm. but having like holding this character from this thing you love like that makes a lot of sense to me there was you know i i I worked for disney for nine years did nobody nobody um manufactures fandom better than disney i mean Mm -hmm. it's it it is it is their core strength it's what their company is built on and then when they acquire big brands like marvel or star wars or pixar that's they the reason they can get those brands, the reason they can make a pitch to George Lucas and say, we're the company that can do that is because of that strength, because mm-hmm. they can merchandise fandom. You know, Netflix, we've, we're really new at the original content game. We've only been in this in this biz for like seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of, part of getting to a place, it's one thing to make great content. It's one thing for people to love it and watch it. It's great. It's another thing to take that off of the service mm-hmm. and to wear it and to play with right. it 
right and to share it in ways that are tangible yeah and stranger things was really the the thing that that pushed us to that place because people were doing it for us they mm-hmm. were making t-shirts they were making crafts they were doing things to embody the the joy they felt when they watched stranger things and it really caught us by surprise and we were like oh i guess we should probably get serious about merchandise yeah. and i think that you know we're getting there i mean it's certainly mm-hmm. between um Stranger Things was the one was the tipping point, but you know, Umbrella Academy and The Witcher and things mm-hmm. that are you know now that are really really game for people to want to you know play with and and wear and it's just it's a nice evolution, right? It's oh a nice God, way I... to find. I don't know what Zach watches on Netflix. You know, it's not like a there's a feed that says your friend Zach is watching this. You know, but if Zach when Zach wears his Umbrella Academy T-shirt, I know, and then you know. Or like, sure, when I wear my Steven Universe shirt, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, great Hardy shirt. But every <laughs> every once in a while. Carl's Jr. Why are you wearing Carl's, a Carl's yeah. Jr. shirt? Every so often, somebody will be like, nice Steven Universe shirt. And I'll be like, that's family. And you'll be and like, pro- that's you're family. gay. You're gay. <laughs> right? But yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, that's, they're probably, you know. A little, little queer. If there were, if I saw somebody wearing a little some Shira stuff, I would like, hey, that's fam, you know. Homosexual. Yeah, yes. for sure. I like, didn't. By the way, I didn't know a gay a show could get gayer than Steven Universe. And then here's Shira. You watch Shira. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. I didn't have anything to do with Shira. That was actually that's not true. So okay, when I first got to Netflix, we had this big deal with um with DreamWorks, right? And DreamWorks had bought Classic Media, which had the rights to to Shira and. I remember coming in and my boss was like, okay, we're going to have this meeting with Jeffrey Katzenberg this week about the next slate of DreamWorks shows. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm in this room and I'm sitting across from Jeffrey Katzenberg and I was like, okay, so here's what I want, guys. I need She-Ra. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, come on, She-Ra. It's, it's time for She-Ra. And Jeffrey's like, we got big plans for She-Ra. He's like, <laughs> we were thinking, you know, there's a new animated series, live action, blah, blah, blah. And like the meeting went on for another hour and a half walked out of there and then my boss said how'd you feel about that i said i don't know i stopped listening after he said live action she-ra because i'm like that's exactly <laughs> what i need in my life right now it never it never it never got there but we did uh, get that beautiful animated she-ra so mm-hmm. it's very very nice um i think that's a very good point that you touched on about wanting to kind of externally show part of yourself i think whether it's in your living space or on your person uh and whether it's like I like to bake or I'm a plant person like just filling your house with stuff. I don't have like a fandom or anything, but I like to keep little mementos or trinkets around my like and and sure, maybe it seems like hoarding to some people, but I like to be able to look and be like and and have a story for each little object in my room, you know, Um, but it brings you that comfort. It brings me that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I mean, obviously, I mean, straight people, you know care about things um (laughs) but uh but i don't know pictures of their kids everywhere right exactly that's what it is maybe that's 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 what they made but i also like i do you ever like walk into a straight person's house and you're like oh i think i saw this on a cover of crate and barrel like i think i saw this exact house like there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of you in here you know this is just what you think a house needs to look like tj maxx like wall hangings yeah. But you know, that's why there's like all over my room is like posters of Jaws or like mm-hmm. Alien or like 
Buffy stuff. Because it's like, I look at that and it brings me that emotional comfort that these movies and TV shows yeah. brought me. And if and it's obviously, nice. that's that's not like a, a, a specifically queer or gay trait, but I also don't know, maybe I just don't know enough straight people. Nice, good for me. <laughs> um, but I just, maybe I don't, I don't think I know enough straight people who like really have an intense board game collection, like, or, uh, or an intense, like, not like action figure collection or like their, their house is a rainforest like that. They I exist. They ex- I'm sure they do, but I know but are a they lot as more. stylish and modern in decor? No. No. <laughs> like, but, Haley, yeah. you don't, you, you've never been in our living room. So our living room is very modern. It's very sophisticated. It's very adult. And we have this art on the wall and you have to look at it and you're like, what is that? They're actually patents for things like the Lego brick and the yeah. original Barbie oh, doll cute. patent and the original um, C-3PO action figure patent. But like they're they're done in a way that's very minimalist. It's very, right. you know, aesthetic and it stuff. fits everything. But it's but it's so us, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's... I, I feel like when it's with like straight people, whether it's like if a guy likes his thing or a girl likes their thing, it's seen as like kiddish or maybe undesirable. Like 40 year old virgin makes a whole plot point about it, like that he's yeah. growing up and becoming sexy because he's getting rid of the thing that he likes for women. Because because a girl looks at that and goes, ugh, you like action figures. And if a go- girl likes something that a guy might think is stupid or girly, they're like, ugh, I, this is, you know, this is too girly for me. There was there was a story in in one of our our you know toy community circles um, of this girl who was so upset that her husband or boyfriend was collecting action figures that she called his father and his father came and put them all in a trash bag and threw them out and this guy was just like he was so bereft and so heartbroken that a the person he chose to share his life with, this girl, would take those things that he cared about because she thought that they demonstrated that he wasn't mature for a relationship for her. And that his father decided to intervene and deprive his son of those things that brought him joy. Mm -hmm. And I was so angry. Like I couldn't, my husband and I joke all the time. We have this thing. It's like, I'm not going to impede your joy. And that is, that is a, a statement that we both make to each other that when no matter what Larry wants to do, whatever he wants to do that's, that he finds joy in, where is it my place to tell him he can't do that? As you his know? partner, yeah. I'm exactly. there to tell him, does that make you happy? You do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Ugh, it just it makes me so angry that there's such a stigma around around something that brings somebody happiness or joy that doesn't hurt anybody that is you know it's actually contributing to the economic you know uh, benefit yeah, of some sure. company mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's you know that there's actually a there's nothing truly wrong with it except a sort of social stigma and it's right. like mm, you know. I mean, if he's paying, like, if he has a job and he's paying his mortgage and paying his bills, like, aren't those the important signs of maturity? Right. Like, exactly. And that, she, and, and in this in this sort of thread that she she listed, she never once says we're late on our rent or you know we we went without hot water this month. Like, she never says any of that. Mm-hmm. It really is about. It's a very personal thing from her where she says, "I just kept feeling like this wasn't this wasn't the man that I wanted to be with. He needed to he needed to grow up." And it's like. If he's not the if he you don't want to be with him because he loves this, then you don't want to be with him. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's all this there's so much 
in media uh, uh, for like j- there's so much in media where straight people have to change who they are in order to be somebody that the op- opposite sex would find attractive. There's so much of that. Well, and the thing is, is like when you have a partner, you do have to like adjust because it's not all about obviously. just you anymore. Yeah, but obviously, yeah. yes. But again, it's about the important things like, oh, I need to become a better communicator or I need to do this, that and the other. Not I need to throw no, away no, my... No. I need Put to on a leather jacket, get a perm, and then sing about it. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Right. Throw away your old personality. This is you now. Right. That's wild. That's wild. Weird. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I do like that you and Larry each have your own thing. Like, he loves board games. That's not necessarily your thing, but he loves them. And then you have your action figures. It's, it's very cool. And, and look, I, 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 wish I, I wish I liked board games more for him. Um, there's a part of me that, that really gets sad that I, I don't love them as much as he does. You know, I wish that that were, I wish that weren't the case. Um, I I find them tedious sometimes. I, I don't Mm. like, I don't like competing. I don't like betraying people, especially my friends that I'm playing with. I don't, like that doesn't appeal to me. Um, so you know, there there's certain things about board games that I'm like, I I, I, I wish I liked them more. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, yeah, sometimes you have different interests. Like, I know a couple, for instance, where one of them likes rope play and the other one likes fisting, and they don't agree <laughs> on that. That's fine. But they, they, you know, they find other people to do that. That's, that's, part, that's part of a healthy, mature relationship. It is. Exactly. Is finding exactly. other people to have sex with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Exactly. You don't you don't make your partner throw out all his ropes. No. 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 You that. find that's somebody his... who likes to be tied up. Yes. You don't You don't his call joy. his dad and then tell him to throw out his fisting buddy. No. You don't do that. You don't do, there are rules. There, there are, are rules. rules. Yes. Wow. Oh. Amazing. Oh. Amazing. Um before we go into a bit of a game, is there anything you want to add about hobbies and, and being gay and all that stuff? Or anything <laughs> fun about just being gay at Netflix? <laughs> um, no, there, I, I'm very blessed. that I've, I've worked at three, three companies since I've, since I've moved to L.A. I worked at Disney. Disney mm-hmm. loves the gays. Uh, I left there to go work for Hasbro's TV network, The Hub. We were we built a TV network, very very you know accepting and nurturing. Uh, to we had a number of gay employees there, and then left to go to Netflix and just feel so respected and empowered and protected. Um, they're just such a great company. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they are the best company to work for. I love I love this place. Nice. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you're also you're you're doing a lot of the same of where you're taking things that you like and then collecting them and making them into shows. I mean that's what that's what Netflix is has been really so amazing about is just we have this this a lot of you know sort of philosophical tenants one of them is freedom and responsibility the other is you know we hire someone to do the job and then we let them do the job mm. um mm-hmm. and and that is kind of that. That's kind of what what feels good about it is like, you know, I, I've been here for six years, six years now, and in that time, I've been able to work on things like like Glow and Castlevania and Lemony Snicket yes. and yes. Dark Crystal and mm-hmm. you know Umbrella Academy and Stranger Things and like things that you know you you fall in love with things that you have 
um, an emotional connection to. And then, you know, now I'm working on Masters of the Universe with Kevin Smith, and I worked on Transformers War for Cybertron, and oh, um, we're amazing. developing Magic the Gathering. And, like, there's so many things that, oh, you know, so I'm fun. able to work on because I love it, because Netflix recognizes that there's somebody, hey, there's somebody here who loves this brand. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we let them manage that mm-hmm. and and when you love something and respect something and you want to see it come to life um you know you want to take care of it For sure. what do you think like little teddy would say like you know putting away his little he-man in bags and if you were to tell him that he was going to be working on master of the universe <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i probably would just look at you crazy like what do you mean work on it like <laughs> what does that what does that mean like because right. again I grew up in I grew up in Philly you know my mom worked in a hospital my dad was a was a retired cop like I, I there was there was no concept of how those things that I love that media that I loved happened I had right. no idea you know and I was like I want to do that I want to I want to make that but no I would never ever, ever dream that one day I would be able to work on things like, like Lemony Snicket, like Lost in Space. Oh my God. You know, like, so you know, cool. work, to work with Parker. But like when I was in college and, and found movies like Party Girl or Best in Show and fell, yes. uh, or Guffman and fell madly in love with Parker Posey. And then, then to work with Parker Posey, to become friends with Parker Posey, to, you know, like that's, what? <laughs> like, the day, the day that I don't get excited about that is the day that I should I should leave this business. Too quick. Just yeah. pack all your. Pack that's all it. Your and I, I said it like, I, I I had a, a Skype the or I'm sorry, Zoom the other week mm. with with a director that probably one of my one of my favorite directors of all time, and I I was on a high for like three days later. Like three days, I was so like, I got cool. to talk to this person that I respect and love so much, and and he's bananas, and and God knows, I don't know how I'm gonna I'm gonna work with this guy, but jeez, I just how is this how is this possible? The day that I the day that that doesn't excite me mm-hmm. is the is the day that I'm probably just like I should probably go, you know. Yeah. Work in a McDonald's. hole somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just because I see it too often where people get to a certain place in the business. And this business is hard and it's brutal. And and for all the good and joyful moments that we have where we actually crack something and make something special and beautiful, there are tons of moments where it doesn't get there and we have to break a heart or destroy somebody's dream or yeah. or pass on a project that somebody's been working on for years. And like those moments are horrible and and none of us like that. But you get to a place in this business where you become so jaded and it and it becomes so um, transactional mm-hmm. and, and and you don't put the heart into it, you don't put the emotion into it, you don't you don't find the those those moments of of true wonder. I see it too often. And I, I get mad. I'm like, look, if you don't love this business, if you don't still love doing this, don't go do something else. Go mm-hmm. do something else. So, because yeah. I, I I will the day that I, the day that I realize I don't really want to do this anymore, I'll go write children's books. I'll go, you know, I'll go paint. I'll go do something that'll that'll be able to, you know, find fulfillment. But I love it so much still. That's so great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Okay, so I think it's time for us to go into a little game. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've prepared this game, and Teddy, I'm sure you get so fucking annoyed at these uh, articles when they come out, because I get really annoyed at them. So I'm sure you do, too. Don't you hate it when those fucking listicles come out that are like, oh, your Beanie Babies might be worth yes. thousands of dollars now. And it's oh my just God, yes. some fucking idiot put it on eBay. Like, uh-huh. Right. Because your shit's only worth what someone's going to pay for it, right? 100%. Exactly right. So I wanted to do, I kind of wanted to do something like, oh, what are these, like, let's like guess the price what is these right? toys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's going to be fun. Let's guess what these toys are worth. But instead oh, of like, I, I, I made sure to find things that actually sold at auction for these prices. Okay. So not just like those bullshit, your beauty baby's worth $100,000. It's not. Um, so I have a list here. I'm going to list some toys. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay. And I am so you're just bad. gonna you're just gonna prove that I am that I'm shit and I don't know what I'm I, talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I am so bad at knowing how much things are worth. So I think I'm I think you've got this in the bag. This is gonna be I think <laughs> I think Teddy's gonna have a little bit of an advantage. Um, is it price is it prices right rules closest without going over? That's what I was gonna suggest, and maybe that'll help help you out a little bit, Zach. There we go. Since uh, <laughs> so you can hope that Teddy goes over sometimes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Let's hope Ted screws up just enough. (laughs) (laughs) Hoping for your failure. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, how much did a 1970s factory sealed, um, so box, and the box had tape on it and everything, uh, Stretch Armstrong sell for in October of 2017? So, original Mm -hmm. Stretch Armstrong, uh, never opened, new in its box, how much did that sell for? Oh. And here, let me get. Let me just go ahead and give you a hint, Zach. This might be helpful for you. Okay. Everything's over a thousand dollars. Nothing's mm-hmm. under a thousand. Okay. On this entire list, so we're Great. working with at least a thousand dollars. Do I go first, or does he go first? Is it better if I go first? Because my my is mine is probably going to be off. Fudge. I don't know. Um, I have no concept of like this is one of those things that it's either going to be like. Yeah, well, so unbelievably huge, or like, I mean, still a thousand. Well, let me give you a a slight hint, Zach. Okay, great. This is not a toy where there's like, it was mass produced, you know, so it's not like a. That's true. No, yeah, I I do know. That's true. Okay, yeah, yeah, this isn't like a. uh, Old, except for the fact that this isn't a Wonder Bread. uh, Exactly, it's not one of those. It was mass produced. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go with what my gut was thinking, like twelve hundred. Okay. I was going to say 1650. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Let's go Zach, over. that was a great guess. It was not close. It was close, but Teddy guessed it exactly. No. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> no kidding. 1650. That's incredible. My god. I'm <laughs> so shit. screwed. I'm so screwed. No, Zach, that was a great guess. I mean, you got really for someone who knows nothing about this, you were only four hundred dollars off. That was really great. And by like, the way, Teddy, by the way, amazing. You should be a, you should be able to buy one for twelve hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone overpaid. Yeah. Well, someone did pay for that. So for that much. Wow. So. Okay. Apparently. All right, we're just getting started. All, all downhill from here. Okay. <laughs> or you could say uphill. Then you get a little pricier. Um, uh, okay. Whoa, okay. Another hint. Um, speaking of, Ken- you mentioned Kenner earlier, Teddy. So you might know a little mm. something about this. So how much did an original Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. with double telescoping lightsaber oh, shit. Uh, action figure sell for? And Zach, I'll give you a little hint. Okay. 
the double telescoping. Teddy, close your ears. <laughs> close your ears. He probably already <laughs> knows this. The double telescoping uh, lightsaber. Um, they stopped. They actually like produced it for a little bit, but they stopped Stop because it was like it. a hazard, a safety okay. hazard type thing. So this one does okay. have a little element of rarity to it, okay. and it's also new in box. Um, okay. Ooh, gonna shake it off. Let's see. Telescopic. What else was telescopic on him? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the rarest of them. <laughs> They only, uh, they only made one of those. All right. For, for How George about... Lucas himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps that and he hidden keeps away. It. Uh, to, mm, oh God, I don't, I don't, oh, I have no, nothing to no base this off of. I'm I have so no sorry. frame. I'm going to say $2,540. Oh, okay. I was, I was actually going to say $2,400. <laughs> wow. Oh, it was actually $76 thousand dollars no so i'm i'm a little closer holy cow that's a lot that's too much i think the thing that put this one over the edge was also apparently that this particular box did not have the little hole punch at the top it was unpunched ah you did not say it was i should have said that Haley, i would have known zach would have known i would have known if you had told me that I did forget to mention that. I just looked at that. The other thing would have been if the car, the the bubble, the little plastic bubble, was yellowed or not. If it was still clear, that really jacks it up. So clear bubble, unpunched card, especially Huge. from that double telescoping one. Now, yeah, n- that makes okay. sense. Now I don't I know it. about the. It's, it's still high. Yeah. It's still high, but it's but it's. Um, I get it now. <sighs> I yeah, get I don't it. know about the about the bubble or not. It didn't mention one that. on a technicality. <laughs> Okay, we're still this good. This isn't quite a toy, but I thought this was interesting. Um, so the first publication of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, as we Ooh. know. So Zach, you might have a little bit of an edge here, or at least Teddy might not have as much of an edge. Um, I have my first three copies, all first editions signed shit. by J.K. Rowling. Shit! <laughs> shit! Sorry, Zach. Is, Sorry, Zach. You're screwed. Okay, so. Uh, but what is it worth now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, now all bets are off, man. Yeah, that's true. So I will say this auction happened in 2018, so. Okay. So, okay, so the first publication of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, uh, which was released in 1998, and only produced 500 copies, 300 uh, went straight to libraries. Um, so how much did a signed one of these. And it's signed. By mm. the author who cannot be named, go for <laughs> in 2018. Was it, uh, it wasn't, it, so it was it one of 500, like, one of 500 and it was just signed. There wasn't signed. like a two Derek or anything. I don't know. There was no, it actually detail. goes down if you, if it uh, has a name, you, that makes sense. Yeah. Especially if it's to Derek, to <laughs> Derek. Oh God, I don't want this. Derek. Ugh. Do you have any, like anything else? You got any like, like you... Haley's? Haley's? Um, Derek. Derek. Nobody likes fucking Derek. Derek. That con- Ugh. And he spells it with an H for some reason. What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I hate Derek with an H. I would like to apologize to all our Derek listeners. <laughs> we love you, Derek. No, they know. They know. Um, they know. Gosh, I am so bad at knowing how much things cost, but... Uh, uh, okay. I'm going to guess... Let's just guess... A, let's say a, let's say eleven thousand. Is that I'm going to say eleven thousand? Oh wow! I was going to say fifty grand. Clock. I'm so low. A hundred and sixty-two thousand. Jesus Christ! Five hundred dollars. 
I'm so I don't that's so uh, that's a lot of money that's a lot it's a of lot. money it's a lot it's a lot of money I have no frame of reference I don't even have I, know. I don't have any of this money Haley. you're like Lucille Bluth you're like what could a banana cost Michael twenty dollars twenty dollars <laughs> go see a Star Wars <laughs> uh Okay. I'm like Lucille Bluth, but in the opposite direction. But the opposite direction. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Um, this one has to do with Pokemon. So okay. maybe. Maybe Zach? you'll, you'll you, you okay. might be better on this one. Here than we I go. Will. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So this is a long one. How much did a Pokemon Pikachu Illustrator Trainer Promo Hologram sell for in November? Jesus. Of 2016, I so I think I think this clue. is a very limited thing, and I think it yeah. was like a very early release. Like I think even before like America. So I think it's a Japanese. I, you know card. who you know who would know this? My buddy Dan Harris, who mm. uh, he one of the writers of X Men. He he has like binders, binders full of, all of, them. of Pokemon cards, <laughs> and has like all the holofoils, all of these. Like he's wow. so so knows. All would you like the, to phone a friend? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, uh, God, I just, you know, my problem with this is I, I go about this the same way I go about when somebody asks me, like an employer asks me, like, how much I want to be paid for something. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is that too much? Am I going to be crazy? Because <laughs> you're afraid of going over, but I think you should I don't want to go over. I should just shoot for, for the it. moon. And then if they don't, if they don't go for that, then, I, you know, they're not worth it. Yeah. Um, so it's holographic of a trainer card. Of, uh, okay. it was a promo card too. So Promo card too. Um, okay, god dang. I am going to say <laughs> let's how much was the last thing? 100,000. 162,500. But Jesus. don't necessarily They're not going up. No, I know, yeah. but like I'm still knowing like I'm something is going to be something is going to be crazy. Here. Yeah, yes, yeah. Oh my god. We're we're staying oh, pretty crazy god. I think for the rest of this run just yeah, FYI. No kidding. <laughs> I'm going to say 250,000. Let's go. Let's go crazy. That's not even going to be enough, is it? It's a million. Is it a million, Haley? Two hundred and fifty thousand and one. And one. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to do at this point. Are those your final answers? Yeah, I guess. Okay, I think you both overshot it a little bit. So it's actually. Uh, 50- I won less. I lost less. You lost less. <laughs> It's $54,970, which is still pretty wow. crazy for a tiny piece of cardboard. It's super crazy. This is just so, I would never, I would never spend this money on anything, I don't know. I, like, yeah, I mean, Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild stuff. I mean, I this just is, wish I, this is the same reason I can't get a tattoo, because I just don't know if I don't like stuff enough. <laughs> <laughs> How much did a 1933 Monopoly set sell for in 2010? And um, again, there wasn't much detail, but assume the best, you know, because these are obviously uh, high ticket items. So how crazy are Monopoly stands? I don't. I don't know. Hmm. My God. Hmm. Okay. So assume. Do you you have anything? I, I have an idea, but. Okay. If you don't get it right, you go straight to jail and you do not have <laughs> you do not collect two hundred dollars. That two hundred dollars would be really helpful because it's really expensive. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say three hundred and seventy five thousand really right now. Okay. Check. Three three seventy five. <laughs> yeah. Thousand at the end. Okay. <laughs> uh 
God, I don't. God, I don't know. Uh, let's go. <laughs> okay, it was one hundred and eighty-nine thousand eight hundred and forty-two. I don't know anymore. My, oh, this is so broken. so hard. I'm so sorry. This is so hard. It's just like I, it's so hard to know what people are gonna care about. Like this seems like older and probably more valuable, but you know then what? that one you Pokemon think about toys like so much porn. If it exists, someone's fucking crazy about it. You know. Yeah, it's true. I just don't know what people are going to be right, crazy true. for. It's hard to gauge. All right, next up. <laughs> this is the last one. It's crazy. I'm watching just Zach just unravel. <laughs> it's... He's like sweating. Just, He's got like ah. real anxiety. Like you don't have to buy any of this, Zach. <laughs> ah. All right. How much did a 1963 G.I. Joe prototype hand painted by G.I. Joe creator Don Levine sell for in 2003? So the face was hand painted. <laughs> a million dollars hand painted yeah a it, million this is dollars a big one. this is pro this is probably like like eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars or something like that it's two hundred thousand dollars so actually oh. not not that crazy not that crazy. bad <laughs> not that crazy crazy because people hate the military <laughs> exactly especially especially in 2003 could have got <laughs> defund the gi joes <laughs> yeah okay well that was a Super stressful game. I'm so sorry, Zach. I don't. That's no, fun. I don't know why. Just I just I can't imagine having that yeah, much money ever and then spending I it. I know, right? <laughs> it's wild. Uh, I like that you know that some of those people. Yeah, too I mean, much, uh, so. again, to Haley's point, things are only as valuable as people are willing to pay for it. And I think that when things like this get press or get that kind of attention, it's usually because somebody paid too much. And I think that there's right. a lot of people in, in the collecting community who would be like, nah, that ain't worth it. Right. And I think what also is the case is like whenever you see the, you know, your Pokemon cards might be worth more than blah, blah, blah. But what they like, what I think people don't realize is when they start going through their Pokemon cards that they had when they were a kid is like, yeah, but that's for literally mint condition cards, mm-hmm. not like your grubby 10 year old hands right, right, right. like yeah. ripping him and stuff like that. Yeah, that you were like, Trading around during still snack got a jelly time stain. and it's got yeah. like peanut yeah. butter and on it's it. also yeah. it's also like how you sell it. So even if say even if you did have that Pokemon card in a in a drawer that was in a little plastic sleeve and it is in great shape, you know you're not going to get that on eBay. You're going to get that going to Christie's or Sotheby's, mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna get it. Yeah. Uh, verified with a certificate of authenticity, that's going to cost you money. That's going to cost you a couple thousand dollars to get that certified yeah. mm-hmm. and valid. Then you're going to have to go through appraisals. Then you're, which is going to cost you. Then you're going to get it to a place where it's going to be, you know, uh, sort of put in some sort of, you know, framing or or uh, what we call AFA grading, which is uh, this is Action Figure Association grading. They they go through and they they look at it under mm-hmm. a microscope and all that stuff like that. And then once they have that sort of appraisal. Then oh, wow. you put that up in an auction that goes directly to people like Brett Ratner and fucking, mm. you know, all these people that got money to burn. And and they're like, oh, I want that. You know, that's yeah. how that happens. It's not it's you're not going to get that on eBay. Right. So you almost need an item that's like that, you know, is worth at least 
what, like five grand just to even do all those Correct. things yes. for it. Wow. You're exactly. It's like selling stock options. Like, you know, you have to be able to pay for the stuff for the stock option and it has to be with at least enough of a profit to make, you know, all the fees back and all that stuff like that so that you're actually breaking even. Right. Um, yeah, it's funny. You know, it, I, I say that you won't get stuff like that on eBay, but there, there actually is some really, really pricey stuff on eBay. Um, two people that I know and love very much, um, Mr. Neil Patrick Harris and Mr. <laughs> John Stamos, are the biggest Disneyana nerds. They're like huge Disney collector nerds, mm. and they are constantly bidding on things against each other. And I was, I was <laughs> literally having dinner with Neil one night when one of the original Haunted Mansion paintings. Uh, you know the the stretchy page the paintings was yes. on was going and and he was and he was um bidding against it and and he lost and then Stamos. I'm, I'm not even kidding Stamos. I was having dinner I was having dinner with John Stamos and he was like you know what I just bought on eBay and he showed me that I was like oh my god you know who you beat for that you beat That's Neil Patrick hilarious. Harris hilarious <laughs> he's like he's like Neil beats me for shit all the time and it was so funny that this is like this is a thing you know. And that raises the price too. When two super rich guys who really want something, yeah, yes, of course, bid it up, bid it up, bid it up, and all of a sudden this thing sells for a lot more than it's worth just because these two rich guys just. I mean, the trick on eBay is not bidding and then just coming in at the last second. That's really the thing to do. Yeah, that's called sniping. Um, We frown (laughs) upon that in the community. Okay, well, you're just driving up the price. There's a lot of bots that do that. You know, bots. Mm -hmm. um, Oh yeah, that's gross. People program them and they literally come in in the last second i i lost something a couple of weeks ago um that i was really really close on. i was like oh my god and in like i was i did my my up bid and it had six seconds to go and then boom in the last second it like doubled in price Jesus. because everybody's sucks. bots yeah everybody's bots just all turned on yeah Ugh, that's so gross. annoying grody uh but anyway Thank you so much, Ted, for coming on and chatting about being such a big nerd. Such a- <laughs> I love chatting about being a nerd. <laughs> uh, it was it was so much fun having you. Uh, but the show's not over yet. <gasps> Don't pack up those toys just yet. We've got one last segment. Yes, yes. And this is where I put my fingers together. Oh. And I get really mysterious. And we hand over the reins to you to ask <sighs> us one question judgment-free, anything you want, and we will answer to the best of our abilities. And it could be anything. It be gross. We're not experts. Be weird. It could be gross. We do have to add that caveat. It's not gross. It's not weird. My, my one question that I wanted to keep with the theme of the show is, oh, cool. was, there, was there one thing that you had, one prized possession that you had that you don't have anymore? And what would you do to get it back? What is the thing that, what did it mean to you? How did you lose it? I want all the context around that thing. That's fun. I guess just a relationship with my dad. No, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, uh. Wait, you had one at one point? Oh! <laughs> no. I want to find How uh, much is that going for on eBay? <laughs> for everything else, there's MasterCard. <laughs> I, that's a great question. That is a really I, good question. I, luckily, my like my family. My family is not the type of family who's like, oh, you don't play with this anymore. Throw it away. 
you know what I mean? Or let's get rid of it. We got too much clutter. Like, that's never been my family. In fact, like, my mom is the opposite. Anytime I want to get rid of something, she's like, oh. She's literally, like, hold up a baby dress of mine. And I'm like, mom, why do you have, have dresses from when I was a baby? And she's like, oh. I can't get rid of it. It's you and a baby. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so, any, like, I literally just have everything, pretty much everything, from when it, when I was a kid. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to think. I was a big Barbie and G.I. Joe kid. So, like, instead of Barbie kissing Ken, she was always kissing G.I. Joe. Oh. And then eventually the Barbies started kissing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, but should I have to? I don't know if I. We like the things we moved around so much growing up. Like we didn't like. I never really held on to a lot of things. I remember what like. I don't know. I remember one time I was really bummed that like a raccoon toy of mine didn't make the move. I have no idea where that went, and I really Aww. liked that thing at the time. But I'm not like, oh, I wish I could have that back, and then I would be complete. Um, but maybe I would, uh, maybe I would be, uh, maybe, would be. maybe that's the problem, Zach. We need that's to go the problem. Things. I don't have that. That's where it all went. Uh, I did have like a binder of Pokemon cards. So when my dad would like work out, we'd be there and he'd take us to the gym and then we would be at the little kid area and all the kids were always, you know, hustling Pokemon cards. And I like gained a pretty good collection and then one time and I kept them in a binder and everything I had some you know I had some some Japanese ones I had some uh some uh, holographic ones uh I had one that a a fucking kid traded me and that was it looked like it was holographic and it was a fucking sticker and god damn that fucking kid I know yeah hustlers uh (laughs) I hate child hustlers (laughs) seven-year-old kids are the worst they are uh sharks man uh but yeah and then one time that just got thrown out because I was old. I was older, and you know, my parents were like, "Oh, I mean, you're not using that. You know, you're too old for that." And like, that was kind mm. of a bummer. And I kind of wish I still had that to kind yeah. of just to have, just to have, just to look at. You know, to thumb through every so often because it was a lot of them. And I don't know if I would have kept collecting them, but it was like it. It reminds me of a time when you know we did that, and that was you know it was fun. Yeah. Could have been worth two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> honestly, though, like, yeah, there was there was a holographic Japanese Paras that, like, I don't know how much that that cost, but it it could be a lot. It could be a lot. Yeah. You know, now I think I'm thinking of two things. I was a really big Power Rangers kid, and I had I would always, and they wouldn't be worth anything now because I would play with them so much, and I took them in the bath, hmm. and they were really cool because, um, they had like. I re- like you talked about like the cool action mechanisms. You like push a button or flip it or something, and so it was like the character's head, and then you could flip it, mm-hmm. and it was like yeah. their helmet. And I had yes. like those were yes. so fun. I loved yes. those. Um, and then I think the other those thing actually is, are those actually are pretty rare to find because what happened is those the 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 chest the pieces chest broke out. off. They oh. broke off very, very easily. So if you mm-hmm. had one that actually worked when you squeeze the legs and their heads flipped around, that that was actually and it's in good shape. That's actually pretty. People would pay some money for those. Ooh, wow. I gotta look back. It's probably the problem is is I think my the thing still works fine, but it's probably the paint's all chipped and stuff. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. probably not great. But I also had this racetrack when I was a kid that was really fun, and 
I can always remember the smell of it because it gave off this like you know when those electric racetracks gave off this like rubber electric mm-hmm. smell. Oh, and that was so nice. It's like brings back it's the charged ions. Yeah, those charged ion when you turn when you slot car, you could yeah. smell that electric. Yeah, oh, I love it's it. So good. It's like, is there electrical fire, or am I just playing with this or toy? Or just playing I don't with know. this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. But yeah, those those two things, I I think I would have a lot of fun with. Mm. That'd be great to have. It's it's funny that like so many kids grow up and then turn their hobby into a career or something that they, you know, a passion where they collect things like that. Because I bet we've all heard that, oh, you're never going to make money, or you have to doing this, mm-hmm. or you have to grow out of this or whatever. But like, people turn that into a full life, you know? More yeah. and more. Nostalgia is huger, huger than it's ever been. That's not even a word, but it is. <laughs> all those people that say, you know, oh, playing video games, is you're never going to get a job doing that. And there's people that, you know, those people mm-hmm. who just played video games so much are now designing them or, you know, making tons and yeah. tons of money on creating a video game. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Video games so. are one of the only things you can do right now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What's the thesis, right? Is like, don't... Uh, don't crush that inner child and don't let anyone else do it either, you know? That's right. Don't impede mm-hmm. that joy. Don't impede that joy, right. Yeah. Exactly. Or maybe we're just, maybe just we are childish and we got to grow up. Maybe that's it. Is this an intervention? Zach, shut up. Mute Zach. No, wait, shut up. Wait, what? What? No. Is that what I signed up for? <laughs> is, my, is my husband putting all my toys in a bag? No. no. Your dad is. This is the distraction. <laughs> we called your dad. I just can't get over that she went over his head that that's, way. That's so yeah. weird. God, Which is that's also wild. like crazy immature. Daddy, daddy, come fix this problem. Like, what? Work. Your parents Gross. don't need to be involved in your marriage. It's crazy. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Woof. Ugh. Anyway. But this was great. This was super fun. Did you have a good time, Ted? I love this. I absolutely in, like had a delightful time. Like Haley, when when we're actually allowed to hang out and see people, like we need to we need to spend more time together because you're amazing. You She's are too. I would absolutely love to. That'd be so oh, yeah. nice. I would love to. Uh, I only hang out with good people. It's true. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly, we we have we have nerdy movie nights with Zach and Brant uh, and Larry and I, and we we should add Haley to the mix. Yes. I would oh love yeah, to. And bring Stevie along. We yeah. yeah, we're long overdue. Obviously, uh, mm. do a lot of like B movies and weird stuff. We did uh, Repo the Genic Opera last time. It was oh so amazing. Good. Was it? I think did we the or next one we had? Yeah, the we next did. one we had planned was. Um, was Shock Return Treatment? to Oz, right? Yes, or Return it, to oh, Oz. It, it, oh it, we were going to do, we do an Oz-a-thon. We were going to do Return to Oz and then the animated Journey Back to Oz with Liza yes. Minnelli doing the voice of Dorothy. Like, oh, that's, my God. Whoa, that's we, awesome. have we have that's such amazing. a long list. We have such a long list. That sounds we fun. We do. Oh, my God. All right. Well, it was really good talking to you and seeing your I face love you guys. for a bit. Yeah, Thank you so you much too. for your time. And this Thank was you so for fun. having me. So much fun. So much fun. Great. Ted, where can people find you online? Oh. Well, if you love my toys, check out my Instagram, which is animate Ted. The word animate Ted. Um, it's all my action figures. It's Amazing. Cute. Yeah, you, you. It's a whole production. You really take a lot of time and uh, effort put doing all that. It's great. Thank you. It's great. And Haley, where can we be found? So glad you asked. We can be found on Instagram at Not Together Podcast, on Twitter at Not Together Cast. You can email us, nottogetherpodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook. Just look up We're Not Together. You should pop up. You should see our little smiling faces right there. It's just that easy. It's that easy. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. And uh, please keep sending in those questions for us for our listener advice episodes. We yep, love yep, them. Yep. 
We love you. All right. Well, <laughs> that's it for today. Uh, signing off, I'm Zach. And I'm Haley. And, and we're, we're not, not together. together. Bye. Bye. Together. Bye. Bye. Together. We're Not Together is produced, hosted, and edited by Zach Ogle and Haley Manrique. And our intro music and theme song is composed by Barry Anderson. <laughs>